None of us knows, Major. We don't know who we are. We don't know where we are. Each of us woke up one moment, and here we were in the darkness. Nani? That's the question we asked ourselves. Drive the bus, bus driver. Back up! Make you all tingly and excited. Back up! Drive the bus, bus driver. Back up! Make you all tingly and excited. Back up! I can do. Make you all tingly and excited. Be even funnier if she wasn't dead. Baka. Make you all tingly and excited. Baka. Have you accepted Jesus as your personal savior? Baka. Betty, 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 cute. Ah! Betty, 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 cute. How do you like my swimming? All right, everybody. It's 4:30. School is finally over. Time to go home, load up that bong, and watch Pokemon. Hey, welcome back to the Anime Anchor Podcast. Happy fucking New Year. At the time of my recording, this is, it's about two hours till. Had a fucking, well, like the actual day of work. First of all, I had to work on fucking New Year's Eve, which, you know, isn't ideal. Fucking not a big fan of that shit. But, uh, you know, it's not the work day that was bad. Honestly, it was pretty nice. They paid for our food. They they got us a meal today, which is always nice. They don't they at the beginning of COVID, my job like fed us every day of the week for like the first entire month, I think, of work. That was really nice. You know, it was a part of I knew it was for bullshit reasons. I was like, We're all in this together. And we were dealing with fucking hell. I work at a large chain grocery store. I'm not going to... I don't remember... I may have already said which store before. In fact, I almost guarantee I know I have. But for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to pretend like people don't have eidetic memories about how this fucking show works. But uh, I, I knew that uh, that whole business was just because of politics, it was a political, it's politically motivated fucking helpfulness, I guess, but it was, is what it is, anyways, today, I, I, they fed us, and they gave me a free rotisserie chicken, oh god, I, I got two chickens, actually, I took them onto the break room, and I was hoping no one was there, and there wasn't score. I went up to the little sink that's in the break room, and I took apart my chickens. Uh, I, I shredded all the chicken chicken meat, and I put them all into one container like with just the shredded meat. Because I didn't want to have to deal with two chicken boxes in my car. I just wanted to deal with one, and I threw away like the chicken bones into a trash can, which I'm sure someone was thrilled about, but I don't really care. I mean, come on, it's whatever. It's trash. No one cares. And if the place smells like chicken, fucking, it could smell like worse things. Alright? Well, anyways. I put it in my car. I see text messages from my roommate. Uh, she's, uh, just been, uh, like, exposed to COVID. So I thought, oh shit, I better... Like, stay at my parents' house until she knows for uh, for sure that she doesn't have it. Then go home. 
which you know wasn't what my plan was. I, I was gonna go home and play D and D with my friends online, but I had my chicken. I had my plans. It was all going well up until I got in my car. And I uh, so I called my parents. I was like, hey guys, can I come over and stay with you? Drive 20 minutes to get to my parents. Uh, whenever I'm like about, like around the corner from my parents' house, I fucking hit the brake. And the chicken I had goes flying off the passenger seat onto the floor. Fucking chick shredded chicken pieces everywhere. All over the, all over the fucking floor bottom of my car which I have a gross car anyways I need to clean that thing it's not worth anything but like just for my own sanity it's gotten gross ruined an emergency blanket I had sitting on the floor of my car because I keep like survival equipment in my car because you know I'm a responsible adult never know if I'm gonna get frozen in or something you know <laughs> but I just had like this chicken which, I feel like I would have been way more mad about this had I paid for the chicken. It was a free gift. And not all of it was ruined, but quite a bit of it was. Uh, and it's still on the bottom of the car on my floor. Because get this, all all the while this is going on, it's just like pouring down rain. Like drenching. It's a fucking deluge of rain. So I'm trying to get the fucking chicken out of my car. And I'm just so frustrated. I... Uh, that whenever I get, finally pull my chicken out, uh, I kick the door shut and I kick it so hard that I kicked the fucking handle of my car, my my passenger side car door off. And it's now sitting over here on the on the counter. <laughs> my parents are out of the house right now. They're at an actual party. So here I am alone in my parents' house on New Year's Eve, like a sad fuck, with his cut-up rotisserie chicken and his sleepy dog. Hi, doggo. Hey. Hey, Bobo. Hey, Bobo. She doesn't give a fuck. Alright. And I thought that what better for me, what better use of my time is there than to make a little podcast and talk about the sort of shit that's been going on in my life. Gotta say, I really wanted to do that episode on Mary and the Witch's Flower. And I wanted to do a proper episode like I did with the format of the last one, where I, like, take, uh, open up a, the mal page and read the description. Hold on. I'll just do that. Fuck. I can get on my dad's computer. It's just in here. Here I am moving myself. Walking. Dodging the Christmas decorations that are still inexplicably up. Because, I don't know. Honestly, it's a pain in the ass to put away your Christmas decorations. That's what I always think whenever I go over to someone's house. And they just have billions of, de of decorations everywhere. I just think, wow, you sure do hate, you know... You must love cleaning. You must love having to put away all the shit. Oh. Mm. 
Here we go. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because here I am just talking. On some level, I still need this to be an, an anime podcast. But I realize that if I want to make this into a, a show that I can do more often, I have to be able to branch a little bit away from that sometimes. I need to be able to talk about other things, like games and stuff. And I think I'll do that today. I think I'm going to do a full hour today. I'm just going to talk about the sort of stuff that's been going on in my life. As well as uh, this movie. Which I talked about in the last episode. I was going to review it then. I watched this a while ago. It's been almost a month since I've seen this. But I'm, pre I'm pretty sure I know everything I want to say about it still. Because it's it left me with a very specific kind of impression. Alright, here we go. Married to Majo Nohana, or Marrying the Witch's Flower, for people who speak the King's English. The King's English, the King's English. Alright, Mary Smith is a clumsy girl with red, wild red hair who can't seem to do anything right. After moving in with a great aunt Charlotte, Mary finds herself lonely and bored until one day she spies a cat which seems to keep changing color every time she sees it. Curiosity gets the better of her, and she follows it into a nearby wood. Woods. Deep in the forest, the cat takes her to a clearing with dead trees and brown grass, where the only sign of life is a cluster of mysterious blue flowers that Mary has never seen before. The gardener of the estate tells her that the rare species is called fly-by-night and is said to be sought by witches for its incredible magical power. When the strange cat returns to her one night, Mary is led once again into the woods, but this time to an old broomstick hidden by a gnarled tree. After she clumsily squashes some fly-by-night against the broomstick, it begins to glow, whisking her off into the sky. Her wayward journey ends at the Indoor College for Witches, which, where she is mistaken for a new student. And so Mary must learn to look after herself in this marvelous new world of magic where things are not always as they seem. Wow. Well, there we have a fucking synopsis, which is pretty much just half the fucking movie right there. Uh, <laughs> that's one of those fucking synopses that just tell you way god goddamn too much about the film. That's that's why whenever I'm watching something I've never seen before, I never read the fucking synopsis. Never. I just if the show can't explain what it's about to me by telling me the story in the show, then I I feel like the show has failed. Also, I'm looking down here, looking at the like the different companies that produced this film. There's like one, two, three, four, five. There was at least 20 companies that helped produce this movie. It was created by Studio Panoc. P-O-N-O-C. Panoc. Panoc. It was created by staff that worked with uh, Studio Ghibli in the past. And it's pretty fucking obvious that that's the case. Because Mary and the Witch's Flower is... Only selling, like, biggest selling point is it's just a pseudo-Ghibli movie. Came out in 2017, 
three years ago now. I remember whenever this movie came out and they were showing it in theaters in the U.S. I remember people losing their shit over this movie. And I remember not caring. <laughs> because based off of all the promotional material I could see, it all it just looks like the assets of like three or four different Ghibli movies being used to make a brand new original film. You know, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't really have a uniquely creative bone in its body. It's based off of a, a kid's book. You know, just like several of the Ghibli films are. And wow, a lot of people down here in the fucking uh reviews agree with me let's see here i got a we got a five out of ten a four out of ten and then there's some fucking guy with a 10 out of 10 because anytime i see someone with 10 out of 10 reviews like i want to see this guy with the 10 out of 10 here yeah this fucking guy all of his reviews are above an eight are an eight or higher of course they are Listen, if you just love everything you fucking watch somehow, that's great. But after a while, you kind of have to figure that you're not, you don't have a critical bone in your body. If, <laughs> if everything you watch you just love, then you have to ask yourself, are you really able to make reviews? You shouldn't be reviewing shit if everything you like is something that you love. And I feel the same way about people who seem to hate everything they watch. Like, these reviewers that only ever write negative reviews. Like, I, I know there's this like one reviewer here on Mal that I've seen pop up now and again as I've been searching through different articles. That's the highest number he's ever given uh, anything that he's ever watched is like a six. And he, he had seen, he'd reviewed some pretty fucking good movies and shows, too. But he just, he just like, like, really dug into them. And I guess, like, I guess human media just isn't good enough for this fucking guy. Because I think the highest, uh, like, number of review he had was for the show Steins Gate. Which is a really, really good time travel show that I hope I get the chance to talk about on this ep on this podcast at some point. But, uh, Bo? Hey, Bobo! Hey! I hear her walking around, skulking around. I'm used to being alone in my little apartment, so whenever I hear footsteps, I sort of freak the fuck out. But I know that the only other person, or in this, in this case, animal in the house, is my sweet little Bobo. Hey, girl, how are you doing? I love you, I love your kisses. Hey, the good girl. Yes, I'm having yet another podcast get interrupted by my dog. I love her very much. Her name is Bo Peep. She's a Great Dane, and she is the perfect dog. I'm talking sweet, but playful, and just one of the sweetest dogs I've ever met. Very cuddly. Not all that obedient. <laughs> she She's young. And we haven't really had the chance to train her because we got her right at the beginning of COVID. Well, we got her before that, but by the time she was old enough to start training, uh, it was like ha right in the quarantine. 
so we still haven't had the chance to take her to obedient school classes and all that. I would love to do that with her. I think that would be fun. And I hope I get the chance to do that soon. But, you know, 2021. It's a new year. It's a new day. It's a new life. And I'm feeling good. Yeah, that was some good shit right there, guys. Okay, back to the show. Back to the show. Um, so, Mary and the Witch's Flower has a lot of Ghibli DNA. But I feel like none of the Ghibli honesty. There's really something about a Ghibli film that feels completely different from any other kind of movie that I've ever seen. And there's just something, er, there's this earnestness to it that I feel like they're trying to get across in this film while I was watching it, but it just isn't there. They're trying to manufacture that earnestness in this film, but it's not there, and you really feel it. It's, it's a beautifully animated film, designed film. It's, the writing is just meh. It's just kind of okay. <laughs> It's serviceable for an inoffensive kids' film. The only reason I have such a bone, like, such a gnat on my ass about this film is just because it's so obviously trying to hit that same Ghibli audience, that same Ghibli feel. It's just a fake Ghibli, and I don't like that. (laughs) It seems as though... Let me see this again. Studio Pinoc haven't made anything since 2018. There's this fucking list of shorts here that they helped make two years ago, but they haven't seemed to make anything else. And that doesn't surprise me one bit. See, a show needs to have its own identity and its own DNA. And the fact that this film, Mary and the Witch's Flower, seems to have so little, like, of its own personality. So little flair of their own directing style and stylistic flair really says something about the people who made this film. It really does seem like... They only cared about making money. And as a kid's film, I mean, this movie works great as a kid's film. I mean, I I would put this on if I had Rugrats to keep busy for a little while. You know? And if I hadn't seen so many really good Ghibli movies, including the ones I've talked about on this show already then I'd probably think of this movie with higher regard. But the fact that it just... My main problem with it is just it doesn't have any of its own voice. And I'm going to come down here and read a review. Uh, I'm just going to read the top review here. The one that seems to have the most... The most people I've found helpful. This is from Jex... On my anime list, and his overall rating of this movie is a 5 out of 10. I do not disagree with that score. Mary, okay, here we are. 
Mary and the Witch's Flower was produced by Studio Panarch, formed by former members of Studio Ghibli and directed by Academy Award-nominated Hiromasa Yone... Hold on, let me try that again. Yone Bayashi. It is based off of The Little Broomstick by Scottish Mary Stewart, which is why it has a very northern atmosphere. That's, yeah... Though originally released in mid-2017 in Japan, Mary and the Witch's Flower only reached Australia on the 18th of January with dubs and subs both available. I guess this guy's Australian. So he's throwing in a little bit of his personal shit. Quality. As to be expected by from former Ghibli staff, the production quality is excellent. The character designs are well done and modern. The artwork and animation is very impressive and the soundtrack by Takatsugu Muramatsu, who also did the, the music for When Marnie Was There, and Yuasa's Lou Over the Wall, is appropriate and grand. The music is all very... I agree with this guy. The music is really good in this movie. Uh, the soundtrack and visuals contribute greatly to the atmosphere and the impression we have of magic. The mark of a well-directed movie is if it's easy to follow what is going... Oh, well, let me reread that line. Holy fuck, I can't... I'm real tired. The mark of a well-directed movie is if it's easy to follow what is going on. I fucking absolutely agree with that. I feel like a well-made, well-directed film should be easy to understand and comprehend what's going on. I I can expand on that, but I'm going to keep reading. Alright. An example of this concept done poorly is The Last Jedi, which was difficult to follow and was not exciting when exciting things were happening on screen. I that that's a weird thing to say there. I think the Last Jedi is one of the better Star Wars movies, in my opinion. So I don't. I, he's using this as a specific example of of directing style. I don't know. I haven't seen the Last Jedi in a super long time. In a super long time. So maybe if I went back and watched it now, I don't think I've seen it since I was a kid. So maybe he's right. Maybe it sucks. I I would hazard to say that probably a lot of the things I watched as a kid that I remember as being really good movies actually suck. You know? That wouldn't surprise me one bit. Alright, back to this. Mary and the Witch's Flower doesn't have any of those problems. The movie flows well and everything is clear. Yeah, it does. Okay, the character of Mary is the polar opposite of Anna from when Marnie was there. The Academy, the Academy Award-nominated Yonabayashi film. I've heard of this when Marnie was there film before. I've not seen it, though. Very energetic, tries to do everything, doesn't give up even when she's be- being a burden, etc. This works well to the story, especially since Mary is thrown into a place that she doesn't understand whatsoever. Willingness to try new things and having no earthly idea what is going on is a smart writing technique to introduce the world and important characters since it doesn't have to be preachy or on the nose with with exposition. However, there is an exposition scene towards the end which didn't need to happen and opened up holes in the plot 
in the build-up to that exp exposition. Unfortunately, although Mary works well as the lead, none of the other characters seem to have much, much to them. There are the generic antagonists who want more power but are technically not evil, the boy who will inevitably become important and befriend Mary, a plot convenience talking fox with that thing, talking fox thing that shows up at suspiciously optimal times and solves too many problems for what, what little character he has, and Mary's grandmother who has two scenes and does nothing useful. Peter, who is an important plot point, but a relatively uninspired character who didn't get enough screen time early on, has too much emotional payoff around for around him for how little he has to his character. This makes the climax slightly awkward. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the movie, uh, the last act of this film is basically all about Peter, but it doesn't expand who he is as a character. In any way, shape, or fucking form. Alright, continuing on. The writing is on and off. Most of the plot is decent enough, but magic is poorly explained. This shouldn't normally be a problem, because magic isn't supposed to make sense. But the Magic Academy has some form of magic-infused science, which has clear rules, so it's a hard magic system. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. Usually films... Uh, Ghibli is always going to be loose magic, my dude. So, another time... No, I don't even know where I want to go with that. I'll just continue reading. Poorly explained magic in a world where there are rules and scientific principles is not excusable. Inconsistent uses, uses of magic happen a fair amount in the latter half of the film and can detract from the immersion because of how noticeable it is. The motivations of the antagonists is directly related to them to the theme of the movie, which has that progress at all costs is a bad thing. Which was that progress at all costs is a bad thing. I agree with this sentiment, but you know, it's sort of a white white blanket motivation for a film. Uh, the film deals with the antagonists in a goofy and whimsical way. There is quite a lot about the film that is whimsical, including character interactions between Peter and Mary, a joke which takes 45 minutes to finally get the punchline, any time Mary uses a broomstick, or when there is an escape sequence. It's never a big issue, but it wasn't balanced too well with the substantial parts of the movie. Which we're lacking. Alright, entertainment factor. He has it broken up into these different sections. Like, loads of different reviewers on this site team tend to do. This movie is primarily aimed at children and young girls. For that audience, Mary and the Witch's Flower will be a blast. The, like I said, the magic, thanks to the visuals and sound, is impressive and wondrous. The opening scene of the the movie is exciting, and the lightning, lighting, I can't fucking read, guys, is well done. It starts off the movie well, though it's a big tonal shift going from exciting magic to watching an ordinarily 12-year-old girl do ordinary things. 
there's enough going on in the plot that you probably won't get bored. The problems come with the inconsistencies with magic and the plot holes accompanying them. They can ruin the immersion, take you out of the scene. I mean, like, it's a fucking movie about witches. How fucking immersed do you need to be? I don't need to have... I mean, like, I don't really understand what he means by immersion. Watching anime is not supposed to be an immersive experience. You're seeing art. You're seeing an artistic description, uh, an artistic, like, oh, fuck, my words are failing me. An artistic depiction is what I meant to say of a story told via animation. Like, for me, I don't know. I guess his idea of immersion is buying into a story, like taking it seriously. And I have a hard time doing that personally. I, I, I watch these shows, I know what I like about them, I know what I don't. But I don't take any piece of media so seriously that it gets me mad. Not anymore. But you know what? What if I was talking about Hajime no Ippo a couple episodes ago? Talking about the different stuff. About that that connected to me in my life. And how I did sort of take it seriously during the fights. As if I was really watching real fights. I mean, there were times where I was hooting and hollering the same as, same way I do whenever I watch UFC and stuff. Or maybe, like, it's that kind of immersion that he means. I bet it is. Well, I don't see, like... I mean, like, magic is inherently silly. Uh, that part, that stuff didn't bother me too much. I mean, it's there are several several things with the magic that get really fucking con convenient before the end. But, you know, it is what it is. It's just a kid's movie. Which is not something I should say. I don't believe in things just being kids' movies. I feel like anyone should be able to enjoy anything of quality, regardless of who the intended audience is. Alright, where was I here? I was just talking to my ass. Mm, here I am. The exposition scene towards the end is another mistake, because it involves telling us things we already knew. The exposition is likely necessary for children to understand how scenes connect, but the exposition didn't tell us anything we didn't know or anything we needed to know. As far as exposition goes, it was poor. Right. Oh my god, big yawn, big yawn, holy shit. The most fun parts of the movie are where magic is being used to do all sorts of cool things. Luckily, this is the entire second half of the movie. Yes, it has a very exciting last act. Alright, overall message. The core messages were along the lines of progress at all costs is not worth it, and you shouldn't change yourself for the sake of change. The messages were clear and shown visually in the latter half. They are well executed because they aren't preachy about it and don't monologue about what the message is and what they learned. For the intended audience, the messages are appropriate and can apply directly to them. 
There are some smaller messages like that you shouldn't abandon what you care about, not to abuse. abuse. <laughs> he put a space between the AB and the us, the use, abuse here. <laughs> I don't want to make him sound like an idiot. He said he meant. Uh, not to abuse power and that you should take responsibility for the things you cause but they aren't emphasized at all and are offcuts at the main meal of course there is that one scene where a cow person is carving up some meat to serve as food which is quite morally reprehensible okay whatever buddy <laughs> I, I remember seeing that and thinking that was funny as shit but that's just me uh marrying the witch's flower is simple oh god <laughs> yeah this is cafeteria scene whenever mary's like j like touring the school that she gets sent to by accident and there's this, like, cow man that's carving up a side of beef. And now that I think about it, it is a little bit fucked up to think about. But I, that makes me laugh my ass off, personally, because I don't give a fuck. That's... It's not real! Why are you mad? It's not real! I feel like the avenue... The, uh... The... Through the process of making something an animated film... Or show, or what have you. Like, the fact that it is animated is an opportunity to do whatever the fuck you want. I mean, like, there, I've seen some crazy shit through this medium. Like, what does it matter? If you want to show off some fucked up shit, I'm sure there's some fucked up shit that I'd love to see on here. I've already seen some fucked up shit, I tell you what. But I feel like the fact that he even put that in is really funny. Like, we got some fucking little snow, special little snowflakes here, guys. Yes, I am directly insulting this guy. Fuck this guy. For caring that much about that shit. Whatever. But not enough to be fantastic and has too many flaws to become a classic or cult classic. Yes. This movie will probably be completely forgotten about in a couple of years. And the only reason people are still talking about it at all is because it's on Netflix now. You can watch this movie on Netflix. Uh, if... <sighs> Holy fuck, big yawn. <laughs> if you really want to see this movie, you can watch it on Netflix. My personal score is a 6 out of 10. Uh, I was not that impressed. It would have been higher if it had just had a little bit more... Of its own unique DNA. <laughs> you know. Like I want people's. Artistic. Expression. To be theirs. Not some. Hyper. Like commercialized crap. That's what it felt like. It felt like someone. If, if Ghibli had gone corporate. That's what it felt like. Well, I think that's as much as I can talk about that without losing my fucking head. Uh. Yeah. Well, hey guys. I said I was gonna go the whole hour. 
And that was all I have to say about Mary and the Witch's Flower. So let me talk about the sort of stuff I've been doing. I've been playing, uh, well I say playing, I've been running a D&D game on, on Discord with a few of my friends. And that has been fun, but I realize more and more why I haven't been playing more Discord stuff. Because, damn, I get tired really easily. Because, you know, whenever I play on Discord, it's so friends and family. I say family. Just my friends can get together and play at any time in any place with one another. And I like that. I'll even say that I love that. I think that's amazing that we can do that. But for me, like specifically Dungeons and Dragons, I don't know if I've even ever talked about Dungeons and Dragons on this show before, but it's something I play. I have all the books, and I do mean all the books because I'm a hyper nerd. <laughs> I just got, I love everything Dungeons and Dragons, I really do. I love the game, I love the dynamic of playing it at the real table, which is one of the reasons I, uh, it's one of the reasons I'm guessing I haven't had as much fun playing online. I mean, the actual game is fine. Like, the people have their characters, and they seem to enjoy playing their characters. They're playing them really well, learning how the game works. Big <sighs> on again! <sighs> Goddamn, I should make some coffee or something to wake myself up. Wake me up, wake me up inside, wake me up inside, save me from the nightmare I become. All right, I'll stop. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just, I don't know. It, some of it's because of my job. I'm just always tired. I'm always looking for a reason to do nothing because I just, I work myself to a bone. I was in a spot where I wasn't working enough and I wasn't making enough money for a while. I was barely making ends meet uh, a few, not even that long ago, it was just about three months ago. And it's because I've been, I've been painstakingly budgeting my finances to build up money for one of my lease ends and I'm getting new roommates and having to account for the new higher rent which is bullshit and is fucking predatory as fuck I mean I can't believe that living in the same place means you have to pay more every time you sign your lease what that does is that basically forces me to have to sign for an entire new like an entire fucking year which I mean I guess it's fine. I mean, with the new roommates, I'm probably going to, like, be around a little bit more often. Because, like, the biggest problem... Ah, she doesn't listen to this podcast, I'll just say it. The biggest problem is that there's, there's just, like, so much stuff in the house right now. And almost none of it's mine. I don't like being there because there's just stuff all the time. All over the place. Like, I haven't been able to eat at my dinner table because there's just 
of thousand magazines and books and toys and fucking bullshit all over it. And I gotta say, it doesn't make someone feel like they're, they should be home. You know? It doesn't feel like a warm, happy, welcoming place. But, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, I just want to do my own thing. I don't like having to uh, account for other people. I want to, I'd love to live alone. The cat is doing some nonsense upstairs. Making some goddamn noise up there, buddy. Better calm the fuck down before I come get ya. Little shit. I'm meaner to the cat because he's a little asshole. You know, I used to think that my cat was nice. Then I got a dog. And dogs are just like absurdly happy and kind. And they just make cats look like stuck up pricks. (laughs) I still love him. He's a good cat. He's good for a cat, but he still pees on shit whenever he's angry. And cat pee just does not come out. Anything that gets piss on it, cat piss on it, it just smells like cat piss forever. Nothing you can do. So, ugh, it's just a terrible smell. Those who know, know. Hmm. I just hate being in this big house by myself, man. It's kind of creepy. I kind of, like, my heart sort of elevates a bit. Oh, it is what it is. Never mind. Um, games. Games. I got the new Call of Duty for Christmas a few days ago. Been playing the fuck out of it. Beat the campaign yesterday. Uh, you know, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold Wars campaign. I gotta say, there was a lot of create. There was some creativity. But the ending wasn't it for me. I actually, like, backed up and played both endings just to see the difference of what would happen. And neither ending is very good. One of them is clearly not canon. And the other one just seems, you know, ugh, like, unsatisfying. Like, here we have this entire game has been building up to us, like, catching this spy. And we just never catch them. Even if you do everything right. Like you get all the intel. You track down all the leads. You go through all the evidence and figure out the codes. You do everything right. And you still might not catch them. And you still never catch them. I thought that pissed me off. Hey. Bo. Hold on, I gotta check on my dog. 
Oh. Hey, baby. Hey, cat. I just started recording, honestly, because I wanted to fill my own space, you know? I wanted to have something to talk to, and talking to my audience and talking to you guys helps me do that. You guys are sort of my, like, live air therapy in a certain way, because I don't always have something to talk to, and, you know, I love talking to my friends. I, th- I have wonderful friends who listen to this podcast, but sometimes I just feel the need to just talk uninterrupted. And uh, fair enough, not everyone wants to hear that. And not everyone will like what I have to say about everything. But just having somewhere where I can do that and potentially having a group of people who will listen and will kind of understand the kind of kind of person who I am, the kind of life I'm living, and be like, yeah, I understand that guy. You know, just having that potential of having a mutual understanding, even if I never find out that you do have that in common with me. It makes me feel less alone in this world. It makes me feel kind of like more a part of something. I just, uh, I want to be a, I want to be a reviewer. I like making reviews. Like I've said before, the hardest part of the show is just watching shit to talk about. Because I have so little time. And I, I can't just watch like an episode of this or that and then talk about the entire show. It takes time. And there's so many good shows out there that I'd love to talk about that just take forever to finish. And, you know, it's upsetting. I'd love to talk about more things and make episodes more often. And I need to stop trying to set deadlines for myself because I never fucking meet them. I fail every single time. I should just stop trying, you know? <laughs> Episodes come out when they come out. And I'll try to make, them make more of them more frequently to appease you guys. But I'm just telling you right now, that ain't always going to be easy. What I need to do is I need to watch more movies and watch more short shows between the big long shows. So that I'm constantly making content and having something to talk about. And I also need to sit down and decide, yes, Bo, uh, yes, Jet, I see that you uh, want your attention. He has just rung the jingle bell that's hanging on the staircase to get my attention. You smart little bastard. (laughs) Here, I'll give you pet. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? Well, I think I'm going to leave it off here, guys. I talked about some stuff for a while. I talked about Mary and the Witch's Flower. I genuinely love you guys. And I can't believe that this show is doing pretty well. All things considered. Especially considering who the host is. Being me. 
who I don't often feel like is the most charismatic or interesting person to hear talk. But you guys seem to listen. And I appreciate you guys genuinely as human beings. Thank you. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I'd love to see the people who listen to the show interact with me on Twitter. Like, send me messages. I actually like that stuff. I've not got really gotten messages yet, even though I've had the Twitter for a while. It's at, at AnchorAnime at Twitter, on Twitter.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful night. And I hope you hold up to your New Year's resolutions for 2021. Mine was to start this podcast last year. And whenever I finally did, it's been... It's been a ride, man. This podcast has been an active part of my life all year long. Anyways, take care of yourselves, guys. Have a happy new year. New episode coming out soon. As soon as I can. Have a good one.